0: Hey guys, this is Mackenzie with the Enlighten Me podcast, and I'm super pumped that you're here. I have a great episode in store for you today as I'm chatting with my friend, Emily Harris. Emily is a fashion designer who runs her own business, but she did live the fashion designer's dream in New York City, working for other designers and making an appearance on Project Runway. You probably haven't seen her on TV, But we are going to talk about that in today's show for anybody who is a fan. Today, Emily and I are talking about her journey in the fashion industry, all the way back to where and why she got started in this industry, to how she created her own thriving business. What's different about Emily's brand, Mrs. Emily, is that you can tell it's set out to make a difference and to encourage women. We talk about where she gets that inspiration and what challenged her to create a brand with such meaning behind it. I love Emily's vulnerability in this conversation. She talks about her successes and her failures and how these all shaped her as a businesswoman and as a designer and how they can even be seen in some of her popular designs today. I think hearing the story behind these pieces is going to make you want to own some of them even more. We also talk about ethical fashion, which is a pretty popular thing these days, but I loved Emily's perspective as the designer herself and what she could tell us about what looking at labor behind the label really means. Her biggest tip to us as consumers might seem contradictory since she's a designer trying to sell her own pieces, but it's to buy less. She does a great job of explaining why this is important for our wallets, our planet, and even our own personal sanity sometimes. Emily and I are also going to share some of our biggest tips when it comes to all things fashion with a particular focus on something we both love, which is going to the thrift store. Thrifting is something that a lot of people have a hard time doing, and so we're offering our best tips so that other people can join in on the fun. I think you're going to love what Emily has to share about why fashion is important to the world and to us as individuals. And i want you to keep in mind that this conversation is not only for women this applies to you men that are listening too so even though emily is a fashion designer primarily for women's clothing i encourage you to keep listening because i know it's going to have an impact on your life and how you shop and how you think of clothing as well i laughed out loud so many times during this conversation and then again so many times while i was listening to it back And so I know you're just going to love Emily's personality and you're going to want to be one of her followers. So sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with my sweet, sweet friend, Emily Harris. Hey, Emily, welcome to the podcast. Ah, Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to do this. I'm so glad to have you here. Can you just start out by telling people who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. My name is Emily Harris. I am a wife of 14 years, a mama of almost seven years, and I'm a fashion designer, so I have been interested in fashion for years and years, ever since high school, and I own my own business. I guess that's part of who I am, and I think that's what we're going to be talking about today, (laughs) so I'll include that as well.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah, I love that you're a fashion designer. I don't know if I've told you this before, but anytime I'm talking about you to somebody else, like, you know my friend Emily that's the fashion designer, people are like, Wait, what? That's so cool. So I love it. Um, So tell us just before we talk about your business, let's talk about your journey with fashion and how you got started. Like, was that something you always wanted to do or how did that begin?
1: Sure. Um, I feel like it was just always, always, always in my heart. Um, In high school, I would watch old movies with my mom and we would just stare at the dresses and the giant hats. And Uh I just thought it was amazing. started making dresses for school dances so I didn't know how to sew at the time but I would take parts of other dresses or things from my closet and put them together and make like new things or I would go to Goodwill mostly and like get components and then like mm-hmm. literally pin them together and wear the to, dra- to dances so
0: yeah yeah your so. mom told me about a Goodwill dress that you wore to prom yeah which
1: the pink one or the
0: the one that you one?
1: painted yes yes <laughs> so I found like a Vera Wang skirt at Goodwill, which was awesome, but it had like a stain on it, so I just literally took house paint and like <laughs> I don't know, just paint, just painted it. I don't know.
0: Okay, that's yeah. awesome. It was like
1: metallic silver paint on a silver skirt. It
0: turned out super
1: epic. It sounds like it would be tragic. Yeah. It wasn't tragic. I promise. Okay, good. <laughs> so it
0: was a good dance overall. I don't know if the health effects of that are good for you, but yeah, you looks great. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh, true. I love it. <laughs> All right, so then. College, you studied fashion in college, right? I
1: did. So I went to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois, and I, because it was one of two state schools that had a fashion design program. So I was already married at the time, and mm-hmm. I, yeah, so we were looking in state basically because that was the affordable option. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a fashion design and merchandising program, and that's, and I also um, have a minor in art drawing. So that's where I learned to sew and pattern make and sketch and all that
0: good stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. And then what brought you to New York City? Because when I met you, when we became friends, you had just recently moved back from there.
1: Right. Um, New York City was just like always the place that I wanted to go. It was like Uh the end of the journey as far as When I wanted to be a fashion designer in high school, I was like, yes, I want to grow up, be a fashion designer, move to New York City. It was all the same sentence. So when you're going to a state school in Illinois, it's just very hard to make that transition, like to find an internship or a job in Manhattan, because all the people there want people who have gone to art school Mm -hmm. or, you know, some of the more prestigious design schools. But I um attended a competition where i i took five evening wear looks and i i won the competition and the prize was an internship in new york so the internship was with austin scarlett from project runway and a designer named amsala and so i won the competition we sold our house and we moved
0: and so did your husband already have a job out there or did he just say let's just go and i'll find a job he has always worked from home for the same company, okay. so it's actually based in New York. And that was just by chance?
1: Just by chance, <laughs> yeah. So it worked out better for him to be out there. Okay. Um, but I think he knew when we first got married that eventually he would end up in New York because it was just such a big dream of mine. Okay. So I think we were just waiting for the reason to yeah. go.
0: Yeah. You yeah. made sure he knew that when he
1: I did, yeah. When we license. first started dating, I was applying to FIT, which I didn't get okay. in because I didn't know how to sew a draw at the time. All right. But... Uh, Makes sense. He knew, like, he knew. It was the first thing. Like, yep, I'm gonna be a fashion designer. I'm going to New York.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's really cool too. That you, it's not like you were just this amazing sewer or amazing artist. Because when I look at what you do now, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so talented. And I think a lot of people would say, for any kind of artistry, Mm -hmm. it's a natural talent, right? right? And not that you don't have a natural knack for some things, but. it's not like you were just an amazing drawer right when you picked up a pencil for the first time. Yeah,
1: I thought that I couldn't be a fashion designer, even in high school, because I thought, well, I don't know how to sew or draw. And I thought that drawing, especially, was something that you had to be born with. Like, yeah. I didn't know that you could learn that. And yeah. one of my, just like a life-changing instructor in, in college taught me how to draw. Yeah. And I just thought, like that opened up a whole world of possibility. And then after that is when I learned how to sew. And I would just spend hours and hours in the lab at school, sewing and practicing like different Techniques and drafting patterns, and so I just put a lot of time into learning.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I love that. Okay, we have to talk about Project Runway because you know there's some people out there listening that are geeking out (laughs) over it. So tell us about your experience with Project Runway.
1: Well, so I was in the city um, with my internship just a couple of months, and um, one of the women that I worked for passed my resume and my portfolio along to Project Runway, Mm -hmm. and they liked it so much, they just kind of like fast forwarded the interview process and they brought me in to meet Tim Gunn so I flew one of my friends who modeled some of my stuff in school I flew one of my friends out to New York and we just went to this interview like I mean I was so nervous I was about to puke but I got to meet Tim Gunn and and I made callbacks so I ended up like entering the interview process and I was it was several months long. And then I, yeah, so I was cut the last round of auditions. So right mm-hmm. before they picked the final 16 to go to the show, I was cut that round. So oh, I couldn't so even close. talk about it for years and years, like uh, literally until last year without crying about it. Cause it was really? Just, oh, yeah. It just was like, for me, I couldn't see that it was awesome mm-hmm. that I had done it. I could see, all I could see was that I failed. Oh. That I wasn't good enough, you know, to make it. So I wouldn't uh. even talk about it. Like people didn't know that I That I tried out or anything. Oh my gosh, that's
0: so sad. Because now, anytime you tell people that, you're like, "Well, I I wasn't on TV though," and it's like, "So what?" That's how. That's how. Yeah, I probably still (laughs) just
1: like give that like, but I mean, it
0: wasn't that cool. Yeah. 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 That disclaimer or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's so awesome. And I, someone else that I interviewed who works in fashion was talking about Project Runway and how much she loves it. And I was like, you are going to love my interview uh, with Emily. I'll make yeah. sure to ask her about it. And she was like, yes, please do.
1: So. It was so fun because I got, like Tim Gunn, like actually critiqued my designs, yeah. which was so helpful. Like I still, things that he said then, like I still think about
0: now when I'm yeah. designing. So it was like, That's awesome. yeah, it was a really cool experience. That's really cool. All right, so let's talk about your business and your brand. Tell mm-hmm. us about that.
1: Well, so after several years of kind of running after my dream job in New York City, I went to a roundtable of different fashion designers like that that one of my mentors put together and and he just posed the question like, how can fashion improve the world? And I had never heard anybody ask that because Mm -hmm. fashion is like frivolous, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the fun, you know, thing that yeah, it's not important in any way. It's just like, yeah, it doesn't even, you know, I don't think I even counted it at that point, like as an art form or anything right. for me. It was just, I don't know. I just loved it. But yeah. anyway, so when he asked that question, it was like something inside of me just like leapt up and started slow clapping. And then that, after that round table, I just went for a walk um, in the park and just thought about how fashion could improve the world. And it wasn't like I knew exactly how it could, but it mm-hmm. was like, it was like I knew I knew that it could. So I had been thinking at the time of starting out on my own because the jobs that I had had were taking so much time, and I knew that I wanted to start a family, and I just could not see any way that being a fashion designer could coexist with being a mama. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: so that's how the company got started, um, with this idea of fashion being helpful. So I would design like capsule collections of like five pieces every few months. And then I would take orders for those pieces and fit the clients in my apartment. Mm -hmm. So I was making clothing that was very easy to wear and easy to put together. So it was like, I would sell you an entire wardrobe in five pieces and, and those five pieces could be mixed and matched and stuff like that. And that was my interpretation of fashion, you know, being helpful.
0: And how did you come up with your name?
1: My, Grandmother, my great aunt, my mom's teacher in school. Like it was like a one room schoolhouse, and there was like one teacher. Um, and her name was Miss Emily. So my name is, you know, I was named Emily after her. But when I grew up, I became a Mrs. Emily. I got married super young. I was mm-hmm. 19. And so the Mrs. like has always been like such a huge part of my identity. And yeah. it's the only reason, you know, like being married is one of the only reasons that I was able to go to, um, fashion school to go to New York because I've always had, you know, support of my husband mm-hmm. financially and obviously emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mrs. Emily has just always been my name. Like it's mm-hmm. always, always been my name, but Mrs. mrsemily.com was a domain that my husband gave to me when I was in school and he gave me a scanner and then this domain. And it was, you know, right when everybody was starting a blog,
2: mm, so yeah.
1: I just would post sketches or like stuff I was working on in school to this website, but I just always owned it and I always loved it. So I had yeah. it in my back pocket. So when I decided to start my own company, it just made sense. Like Mrs. Yeah. Emily was just an obvious name.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so how long ago was that?
1: How long ago was it that I first started the company? Yeah, Mrs. Emily. Yeah, I think it's been eight years.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And it's changed a lot over time, I'm guessing. So much. Yeah. yeah. Because I had a baby.
0: Yeah. So how does that change things?
1: (laughs) So initially I thought, this is perfect. I'm going to start this business. Then I'm going to introduce a baby. And then the baby and the business are going to grow together in Mm -hmm. this harmonious relationship. Yeah. And then I had a baby and realized that I had to just basically put all of my fashion stuff on hold in order to raise this tiny human. And, you know, I, I think there are some mothers who slide effortlessly into motherhood and then Mm -hmm. there are some like me who just have the hardest time like adjusting to a new schedule adjusting to not being able to do your own thing and I think the weight of being a mother is far more than I thought it would be so Mm -hmm. just like the emotional toll and the responsibility I feel to care for and raise this child like Mm -hmm. just totally zapped all of my strengths, like for building my business. So basically for four years, I was releasing some product to my website, but for the most part, I was a stay-at-home mama. Mm -hmm. And at the end of those four years, it was also the end of our time in in Manhattan, I didn't have space because our apartment was just so small. I didn't have um, extra income to be putting towards the business, and I didn't have just the brain space because I Mm -hmm. just... You know, existed as a a mom, and I I didn't like I like being a mom to especially like a, in those younger baby years mm-hmm. and preschool years are they they just take more of your brain than than I expected. So. Yeah,
0: that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so it wasn't until t- two years ago that I kind of revamped the company and started mm-hmm. again. It was when my daughter went to school. Um, I work while well, she's at school, so I work during her school hours. Okay, and and so when i thought about like what i actually want to do with the company i i realized that i really want to encourage women through fashion i guess i i guess because of my experience with um being a mama and because of my experience with this discouragement in the fashion industry mm-hmm. i felt especially like equipped to talk about just frustration disappointment and how you how you take those and continue on and why you should do that and mm-hmm. and i was putting all that through the lens of fashion, and I don't know, so that's kind of like two years ago where I, when I restarted everything, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the direction
0: I was headed. Yeah, and so now your view of how fashion can be used for the better, for changing the world, impacting the world positively, that's also changed, and I think that's really cool because yeah, a lot of times when we talk about fashion. Or when we think of clothing production, a lot of it is unethical or unhurtful to the planet. Right. And you know we see a lot of it, even as far as women, mm-hmm. a lot of it is objectifying to women mm-hmm. or revealing as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And we don't see it that often where brands are wanting to be use for the better. So can you talk about how your missions have changed and how you want to use your brand to make a positive impact? Right.
1: So when I was first starting out and designing, I loved um, designing clothing that was beautiful, but not super functional. Um, Right. So, you know, I loved wearing high heels and, you know, clothing you couldn't necessarily breathe in, but looked awesome. You couldn't move, (laughs) but, um, so then I became a mom and, I think I didn't have, you know, the margin to be wearing those types of things like my clothing had to be very useful basically or utilitarian, but I also at the same time like super 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 needed to feel pretty mm-hmm. because all of a sudden my body had changed, my entire life had changed, all my goals had changed and I didn't recognize myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I first needed fashion, always before it was like this thing that I It was like this fun area where I played and it it was like my muse. But all of a sudden, it it was like I was drawing confidence from what I put on my body. So that's when I first started thinking about how I could make fashion helpful. And I think it's mostly something that's classified as frivolous and and maybe like something only people with money or a certain body type have access to. Mm -hmm. But when I didn't recognize my body or my life, I needed to look and feel pretty. And that's, yeah. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the inspiration for where I am now. So I... I, I sell t-shirts and ball caps, and those started because I kept not washing my hair, and I needed a way to, like, still look presentable mm-hmm. while not washing my hair, so I kept stealing my husband's ball cap, and then, um, then I thought, you know, I think I could make a cuter version of this, yeah. so I started making my own, but I always, like, had made my caps specifically for, like, the mamas who are too busy or the women who are too busy that just cannot get the hair done, like... Mm-hmm. To be able to still, like, equip themselves with that confidence of looking cute and mm-hmm. looking put together, but still having, like, that ease of, you know, it doesn't take a lot of time. And then the t-shirts mm-hmm. are kind of similar. I just think that's, like, a building block of of your wardrobe. And so to combine, like, a staple of your closet with an encouraging message, like, mm-hmm. literally on it, you know, then you're you're physically putting on your confidence or your courage as you get yeah. ready in the morning. So... I think that's how I make fashion helpful. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Let's talk about some of your actual slogans or what would you call them? The phrases that you put on on your stuff because for people that haven't heard of you or your brand, they're probably trying to picture it in their head. So let's talk about some of that and like how you came up with them or why you chose them. Sure. So I...
1: Two years ago, started my Instagram account, and I just started writing about my experiences in fashion, and I felt like I couldn't couldn't really start creating until I had unpacked Mm -hmm. where I had been with my business so far, so I started talking about, oh, you know, I was trying to do my fashion thing in New York, and this happened, and Mm -hmm. I, I tried to do Project Runway, and this happened, I tried to get my dream job, and this happened, and all of a sudden, I'm like in my own personal therapy session, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have like this group of women online that are responding to me because they're also in their own personal therapy (laughs) session. And all of a sudden there's like this community built around the frustrations over failure, basically. Mm -hmm. And so that microblogging turned into these shirts. Mm -hmm. So like one of the first ones that I made says, I did not expect it to be this hard. Mm -hmm. And I just wear that as like... I don't even know what, almost like saying it out loud makes it easier. And when I wear it, other people respond to it as well. Just like when I I talk about it online, other people respond to that as well. Because everybody has their own version of what they didn't expect to be that hard. And I think we're all kind of trying to shove it down so we can just keep making progress. And I found in my journey that I had to like bring it up to the surface and actually sift through it to make Mm -hmm. progress. So part of that is just me declaring like, This was crappy and I didn't (laughs) expect it to be this crappy, Yeah, you know, so that another one of my shirts says the not quitting is the winning. And Mm -hmm. that's a shirt that I just fall in love with again every, like every few months because Mm -hmm. there's a new version of something that is kicking my butt Yeah, and the only solution is to not quit. Mm -hmm. And the only way out is just perseverance, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think so many women have responded to that because, you know, I've had women reach out to me who are dealing with cancer, you know, or the things that are far larger than me and my fashion dream, and this message is, is reaching them, yeah. you know, and they're finding the courage to just keep going and to not quit, Yeah. so it's like the more honest I am on my t-shirts and in mm-hmm. my writing, it's like the more I connect with women and mm-hmm. am able to encourage them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so yeah. now I have, I mean, I have funny ones too, like the one I'm wearing says, I was told there would be snacks, mm-hmm. so I definitely like, being ridiculous and not taking yeah. myself too seriously because I do, I am um, a dramatic one. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know that on my bad days I can come across as like, you know, pretty, it's pretty dire. Yeah. Um, so I do want to also balance that with being lighthearted. Fun, so I have yeah. another one that says sometimes I amaze even myself. And yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's good to have a mix.
0: Right. No, I love those. And I think I'm a huge fan of graphic tees of all kinds. And I love what you make because some of the graphic tees I've had before, like, I or I have this one as a joke. I don't know if I've told you this, but mm-hmm. it's my husband's least favorite item in my closet. It says, <laughs> out of your league. <laughs> and it just makes me laugh. Like, I think that's hilarious. Like, I don't actually think that, you know, <laughs> but like, I love come it. on, it's funny. But I love yours because I do feel empowered when I wear your stuff. Like, I have a tunic that you made that says I can do all the things on the back. Yep. And anytime I wear it, I feel like, especially at work, I feel like people are reading it as I'm walking away, and I kind of love that. Like, they might be like, that's weird at first, but I'm like, you know, I'm just making a statement, and I don't have to, like, throw it in your face with my words to say it, but I'm still making a statement, and I just love... I remember the first day I wore it, I was like, I actually feel really different in a good way really? in this. Oh, and it makes awesome. me, I love that I feel that way. Yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting to be so empowered by that, if yeah. that makes sense. Which is no, funny I- because we do feel that way about fashion. Like, if you wear something that you feel like, I love this outfit, you yes. know, you do feel differently, yes. right? And I feel like it's the same thing with your designs, yeah. so I love Aww, that. thank
1: you. Yeah, it's good for me. I mean, I made the shirts for me, and I hung them in my closet, and I would wear them on bad right. days, you know, and on yeah. good days, too, but I would just wear them to remind myself of – in fact, my, my tags right now in the back, my hang tags say, I keep forgetting the important things, so I'm writing them down. Yeah. And that's the point. Like, I, I life throws me, like, these curveballs, and I get off track, but I need, like – some way to remember you know that things are gonna be okay or like that things aren't as bad as they seem or you know whatever it is and I think like a face tattoo wasn't an option so I found a t-shirt that just said it right there so I could hold on to it physically like that was a good solution yeah Yeah. we have
0: said though we were gonna get the not quitting is the winning on our wrist as a tattoo so that's that's still an option it is an option
1: (laughs) absolutely
0: how about one of your other slogans, um, just as you were talking, one of your other, especially it's a hashtag that you use, is yeah. debunking the fashion myth. Yeah. So does that tie into kind of what you were saying with using fashion for good, or where did that come from? Yeah, definitely. I feel like
1: um, I just want to talk to women about women about that fashion is more important than we think it is, and uh-huh. that the whatever we put on our body is either adding to our confidence or taking away from our confidence. Mm-hmm. So basically, if... We pay attention to that, then we can increase our confidence by simple little things like putting together an outfit or picking out the right shade of lipstick, which it seems frivolous. And I guess yeah. that's like, that's what the fashion myth is. Yeah. Fashion is frivolous and that fashion is not for you, like, that it's too hard to put together an outfit or it's, you know, it's too expensive. Like Mm -hmm. all of that I want to talk about. Like I want to talk about how to fashion. I want to talk about why spend time on fashion. So that's, yeah, yeah, it's like this giant, I I made up that hashtag two years ago, debunking the fashion myth. And I feel like I couldn't even answer that question two years ago, Mm -hmm. but I've been writing for two years now. And so now I'm like, yes, the fashion myth is that Fashion isn't important. Like, it's so important. And every woman that I talk to that puts on an awesome dress or puts on whatever it is, their version of an awesome dress, whether it's, like, the perfect yoga pants or whatever, and they feel like a million bucks, like, they go out and they enjoy their day more, you know? Mm -hmm. They go to the grocery store or they go to the office, like, whatever's on their to-do list, they get it done faster and they have more fun doing it. And, like, that's the point. Like, how do we equip ourselves to live our lives? Like, Mm -hmm. if you are going after your dreams in your career or if you are a stay-at-home mom or whatever it is, like, those are the important things. Fashion is just the tool to help you basically be the best you can be, you know, for mm-hmm. for your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think, too, with kind of what you were talking about with where you started and the capsule wardrobe idea and whatnot... I I just love that. I I started using this hashtag recently that's buy less, choose well. I don't know who started it, but I love that. I think that's perfect cuz yeah. with my standpoint, you know, I do love thrifting and I'm an advocate for reusing and recycling yeah. and everything. But I also don't think that means that you never buy. Like I just bought one of your caps the other day. Yeah. I don't I think that doesn't mean that you never buy things. Like you totally will buy, continue buying things, but buy less and choose well and choose companies and brands that you believe in their mission, whether it's because of how it's produced or the values behind yep. it. And I just love that about your brand. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So how about just what have been some of the harder parts with running your own business? And have you had any specific challenges with being a female owned business? So I think there's like two buckets
1: of challenges In the one bucket is just the fact that I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm constantly Googling things. I'm constantly asking, like, as many people as I can. I'm connecting with people online. I'm just Mm -hmm. researching, like, how to run a business. You know, listening to podcasts, writing, like, reading books. Because I, it was almost like I was, like came across the vision without really wanting to start a business it was more like oh my goodness I need to tell women about why fashion is important and then I was like oh I have to run a business to do that so (laughs) I feel like some days I don't want I don't want to do what I'm doing but Mm -hmm. I need to because it's like the vehicle you know Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the one bucket and then the other bucket is that I am just like super insecure Mm. as a designer and a businesswoman because I I as much as I try to talk about and like escape kind of my track record, the fact is like we left New York and I never did have the career that I wanted in fashion. So I tried to not let that define me. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact is I started my business eight years ago, you know, and it's just still a tiny business with, you know, I'm just now kind of figuring out the direction I want to go. So it's hard some days to not feel like, defined by that like wow you are if you just the sum total of my accomplishments is not necessarily like impressive right so I think getting over that self-consciousness is probably my biggest like the biggest thing that I deal with Mm. just I think I'm afraid a lot like Mm. I'm afraid of not knowing what I'm doing doing the wrong thing that I'm gonna do something and nobody's gonna like it you know and especially because I like talk and blog so freely about my insecurities on purpose, but like that is even like a level of vulner- vulnerability that, you know, freaks me out as well. So I like, if I feel like I want to talk about something and I write a sh- so I'll write a shirt about it. I'll write my blog post and, and then I'll put it out there. It's like the most uncomfortable feeling in the world, like after Mm -hmm. that, just to wait and see how people are going to respond to it. Like, are they going to respond? Is it going to be positive? You know, and what's it say about me, how their response is just it's just a game. It's like a mind game and I have to like shut it off and just keep going towards my goal and try to ignore the fact that I'm so scared. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. And then you just throw in one of your tees. I do. I literally do. do. Yes. I can do all the things. Exactly. I've got one tee that says failure is progress too. I just wear that bad boy and I keep on going. Yes. I love that. That's awesome. What about some of the best parts? Oh my gosh. The best parts are like in the past two months, it's just started where women have started talking back to me, like Mm -hmm. reaching out and saying like how I'm encouraging them. And it is the most humbling thing to realize that my journey and then my talking about my journey has resulted in somebody else continuing on in their journey. Mm. You know, like my not quitting yeah, has influenced their not quitting. And that is like, that t- it, it takes my breath away. Like every time I get a message like that, I now I'll like I screenshot them and I save them in a um, an album, a photo album on my phone so I can mm-hmm. scroll through them and look at them because they're just like so precious to me and I'm developing relationships with women that I barely know. Yeah. Um, but I, they probably don't even know like how meaningful that stuff is to me. And right. I, I think I, the way I present myself online is, um, it, like, it's not an act at all. So it like, if people think I'm being dramatic when I, um, share something about myself, like I feel like. I'm not like, I feel that deeply when, (laughs) whatever I'm talking about. So then when they respond back, like I I feel that very deeply as well. Like I'm just so, so encouraged by their words. Yeah. And then the other, the other really cool thing is just, um, when people want to buy my stuff, like when they, when they are excited about something that I'm preparing to launch, like in a shop or something like that. And then when they, yeah, when they buy it, I just, especially the right now I'm, starting up like designing skirts and so to have people actually want to wear a skirt that I made and actually love the design of it and so much so that you know that they're spending their hard-earned dollars like on my stuff that's I don't know that's the best part yeah yeah
0: for sure that's really cool Here's another question that I didn't prepare you for, but something I thought of while you were talking. (laughs) Do you think this is only for women? Because obviously you're making women's clothing, so in that sense, yes. But as far as the debunking the fashion myth and using fashion for better things than it is used for most oftentimes, is that only for women I don't think that it's only for women, but I
1: do think that there is more of a tie between confidence and what you wear and look like for women than for men. Okay. So I, like my message, I do have um, some men that I talk with and that follow along, but they don't, I feel like all women kind of share an insecurity like deep within them about how they look and how they present themselves. And and I think men, it's just not quite as strong in men. And so, yeah, so it's the message is not so necessary for them. Okay. Sure. I feel like guys have it so hard because there's like two main things. There's a button up shirt and there's right? a short sleeve shirt. What like I there's think all the time. There's yes. nothing else. Like, okay, you can have it striped. But seriously when like, you go to a store every spring or whatever, it's the same shirts. It just is, like yeah. the same like striped polo and plaid polo. And like yeah. every once in a while you see something a little bit different. But Yeah.
0: No, I feel the same way. Every time I'm shopping for my husband, like if I ever feel like he needs a wardrobe update, I'm like, another flannel shirt. Perfect.
1: <laughs> this one is blue like yeah. his other one. <laughs> I know.
2: Seriously. And then I think it's not
1: very fun. Like, I think my husband doesn't get super into shopping. Right. Because he's like, yeah, what, you know, what am I going to get? Just another of the same thing I already have. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right. What would you want to tell people who haven't thought about this before and something I've talked about a lot is you know ethical fashion and think about who's making your clothes and you are someone who is making the clothes like you the the, another hashtag that's popular is labor behind the label Mm -hmm. and I love that one because it's like yeah you we often don't think about where this is coming from and who's Mm -hmm. putting in the work to make this, mm-hmm. uh, or design it or whatever it is. So what would you want to tell people about that who haven't thought of that before?
1: Well, I think for my personal brand, um, I mean, my, my shirts are all made in the USA and printed in the USA, but, um, as far as the actual fashion, like I'm, I'm the one who's physically making it. And, um, I, I wrote a blog post about this like a couple years ago and it was when I was staying home like, with my daughter full-time, but also trying to sew. And I was just talking about how, like, um, the person who's making your clothes is first taking care of her daughter, is first making mm-hmm. dinner for her family, is first making sure that her life is balanced enough and that she's not um, overextending herself in in too many ways. And so I just talked about, like, my vision for my company um, being one that, like, I – when I make your garment, like – I can make it with a clear conscience that I have been the wife and the mom and the friend that I needed to be before I was the fashion designer that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, so I think that's like my version of what was the hashtag? The labor behind.
0: Labor behind the yeah, label.
1: Yeah, the labor behind this particular label is that like I need to be, I need to be Mrs. Emily before I'm like the fashion designer version of Mrs. Emily. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like very careful to. To make sure that things are as much in balance as possible.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And what have you learned with this fashion journey, as someone on the inside of it, about being a conscious consumer? And, you know, what do you look for? Because you obviously wear other brands besides your own. You're not only right. wearing clothes that you make. What do you look for or what do you think we should be looking for in the brands that we're buying from? Yeah,
1: so I think the very easiest way is just to not overbuy. Yeah. Because um, you don't even have to be educated on what brands are made where to just think personally, like, do I need an additional pair of yoga pants? I already have 40. Or whatever <laughs> it is. Like, for me, I'm trying to think what I overbuy. But I, I'm i very, like, intentional to not add too much to my closet. Right. Um, so I try to buy, like one solid pair of denim that fits really well and I just like I wear it till it dies the you know? Crap out of know yes yeah. you know like three times a week and I do laundry once a week and then I just re-wear it and um, so the, I do talk a lot about dressing minimally and that's kind of yeah it's right the same thing just like don't when you buy too much you're also confusing yourself when you go to get dressed you're making that decision harder and if mm-hmm. you know some people have a lot of fun putting together certain things but some people have five minutes to get dressed and they want to look good you know so right just put into your closet what you know makes you feel great and what goes together yeah and then every time you go to pick something out of your closet it's going to go together and it's going to look really good
0: yeah and that not only helps people financially to not be buying as much yes. but even just I always think about the more stuff you have, the more time and energy you have to spend worrying about that stuff, Absolutely. Whether it's like laundry or cleaning, like I hate cleaning up my clothes and I have to do it all the time. And I'm like, if I didn't have so many clothes, this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah.
1: Well, I lived, you know, in a New York apartment for seven years. So my closet by the end was just like, you know, about 20 hangers wide and that was it. And so I really had to think about what I was keeping. You know, my clothes had to work very hard for me and I, that has influenced now I have a normal size closet but yeah. I still I love that same kind of dressing where you know for example in the summer I just have a couple of main skirts and a couple of dresses and then like a few t-shirts and like that's basically my wardrobe and I live in it and I love it and then at the end of the season I retire what You know, is fuzzy and has Mm -hmm. holes in it, and I'm able to refresh for the next season and keep everything just like really small, really tight, and then that makes it really functional. Yeah. And you're right. Like once a week, I do laundry, just because that's the best way I've found to like keep everything organized. And Mm -hmm. it's so much easier when you just have a few things to do instead of just this mountain of weird laundry. Like, oh, this shirt I wore for 20 minutes, and then it, you know, was kind of didn't really work that well. But I guess I need to wash it too. And
0: yeah. So, I think with that, I want to say, too, since people can't see us, that I think when people hear, like, oh, minimalistic or dressing more simply or buying less clothes, they might get this vision in their head that all you wear is, like, a white tee and jeans all the time or something, like, that you just have really simple style, and I like to think that being a minimalist doesn't mean that your style is minimalistic, if that makes sense. Like, I, I would love to be more of a minimalist, but still, the way I dress, like, I totally over-accessorize, and I, that's just how I like to dress, yeah, right, and I feel like you dress similarly sometimes, like, right now, you have on your big earrings, and your leather jacket, and your tee, and your necklace, and it's like, it's not like you look this certain minimalistic way, like, you only shop at the Gap, or something like that, but, like, you, you still look really cute, and yet, you're not over-consuming, so. Yeah,
1: it's like, um, you, you, you buy what you like, but you just, like, really love those pieces mm-hmm. instead of just continuing to buy. You, like, you pick out what you really love, and it can be big old earrings or whatever, but you just, like, live with those accessories and really use them instead of, like, buying them because they're on clearance and shoving them in a drawer, mm-hmm. and you, like, wear them once a year, you know? Yeah, so it's, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I still have earrings from high school that I wear because I still love them and they mm-hmm. haven't broken yet, mm-hmm. and it's, like... And there will be periods where I'm like, ooh, I just don't really like those as much. Why have I kept those? But then I'll keep them for a little while longer, and then a couple years later, I'm like, these are so cute! Why don't I wear these more often, right? (laughs) Not to say you should be a
2: hoarder, but, you know, like,
0: (laughs) that's the benefit of buying things that you really love and not buying too much, I think. And so, yeah, I would highly recommend. We'll share your info so people can connect with you and everything, but you do the... What I wore today, post. Yeah. And I think that's a really helpful thing. Uh, that's on your story, right? That you do that? Yes. Yeah, what I wore today. Yeah. I like it. All right, let's talk about some tips for people that okay. are maybe listening and like what we're saying, but aren't the best shoppers or into fashion as much. Tips for them. Um, where do you want to start?
1: Mm. What are my options?
0: Uh, I was thinking we could talk about thrifting, we could talk about wearing caps. Uh, we Let's start with your lipstick because I know you are a fan of the hot pink lipstick. I am a fan of the hot pink
1: lipstick. I feel like pretty much every woman, like there is a shade of lipstick for them. Yeah. And it is, they They just have to go find it. So mm-hmm. I tried on, like, you know, 40 bad shades before I tried on the right shade, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I did a post recently about this, that, like, just take yourself to the mall, you know, mm-hmm. to Sephora, and mm-hmm. just stand there. It's not going to be the most fun you've ever had. Just try on the lip color and take it off with that little, you know, fuzzy cotton ball. Mm-hmm. And try on the next shade and then, you know, take it off or whatever. I think if you have in your arsenal just, like, one shade of lipstick that just looks epic on you that you know that is going to come in super handy because you can Mm -hmm. you know some days especially in the summer like I don't wear any makeup but then I'll just put lipstick on and a cap and some um, like rhinestone earrings and I'll just feel like way more put together so it's just like a really intense dose of color that just adds vibrancy to like your face
0: yeah I love that. And Sephora will totally let you do that. They do. And they also let you return things.
2: Yeah.
1: Which nobody takes advantage of this, but they, like, buy their product, take it home. If you do not like it, you just return it and you try another shade. Yeah. Which I think, like, you only will have to do that however many times before you find the kind of lipstick that you want that you like, and then you just rebuy that shade. You yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. And if you're feeling adventurous, you can, you know, try a, a, different, a different shade. But I'm honestly... Mm-hmm. Like, I've got a pink and a red that I love, and I just keep rebuying them. Because I'm not very good at at makeup. Like, I'm not a natural... Yeah. I'm just not... Yeah, it's just a skill set that I haven't learned much about. So I I basically just try to keep it as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. So find... Yeah, find a lip pencil that I really like and just... Buying
0: it. Yep, I love it. And they will also give you samples at Sephora Mm -hmm. if they can. Mm -hmm. So, my favorite brand is Obsessive Compulsive Cosmetics. Have I told you about this? Uh -uh. It's called Lip Tar. I think they actually stopped selling it at Sephora, but they sell it elsewhere. It's called Lip Tar and it comes in a little tube. So, it's more like lip gloss than lipstick, but you put it on with a brush and it stays. Perfectly. And they have so many different shades. And because you can like squeeze it out of the tube, you can mix colors. Oh, Yeah. And they don't test on animals. So just all okay. the things I'm looking for this basically awesome. in a brand. Yeah. Obsessive Compulsive Cosmetics. I'll okay. put a link to it. Um, okay. How about... Let's talk about caps too since you mentioned yeah. that. So you talked about it a little bit, but you, you started wearing the caps because you don't like to wash your hair, which I can relate to you in that. <laughs> and so let's talk about how you wear the caps because I know some people... Like my mother, for example, hi mom. Um, they would say they're not hat people. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I had never worn a ball cap before about three years ago, and when I put it on first, I was like, "Yeah, I don't look very good in this baseball cap." But I also need to run to the grocery yeah. store right now. Yeah. So then I started playing with them because I think a lot of times, like people try a fashion thing on whatever it is, like a a maxi skirt or a leather jacket and the first Mm -hmm. time they try it on they're like yeah I can't do this I don't work but like I think you should just practice you know so I basically I practiced wearing a ball cap by changing the type of ball cap or changing the way I would wear it on my Mm -hmm. head like wear it back versus wear it forward and as, not backwards, but sitting back on my head versus sitting okay. going forward on yeah. my head. Or backwards. Um, yeah. Maybe. You know, I haven't <laughs> quite perfected that, like, way of wearing it it's, yet. But yeah. it's coming down. You know, I just okay. need to practice a little bit more. But yeah, um, I ended up, like, really liking it with my hair down and with earrings on. I just felt like I could um, actually look, like, cute and dressy. And I love mixing, like, casual with dressy anyway. So I feel like it's – a baseball cap is just, like, waiting to be utilized. Mm-hmm. So – I started by stealing my husband's ball cap, but it was like from um a local it was from Rural King. Do you know Rural King? Like yeah. the local farmer supply. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, which in New York would have been like so hipster and ironic but I was wearing in Illinois so it just looked like I like you shop at rural like yeah which I do but um so I thought I think I could make this cuter so I started like putting embroidery on ball caps and beads and flowers and then all of a sudden like they're just like colorful awesome like I now don't wash my hair just so that I can get to to cap day because it's like when I can really get creative with what I'm wearing and Yeah.
0: yeah And it's also environmentally friendly, right? Just wash your hair less. Exactly. Save water. Save exactly. a wash or a cap, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay. How about thrifting? Because that is something that we both love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you, especially with home stuff, and but also yeah. prom dresses. I mean, you have no <laughs> boundaries of thrifting, yes. right? <laughs> well, in high
1: school, we didn't have a lot of money, so I got, you know, the majority of my clothes from thrift stores. So yeah. I, and my mother, more than myself, like, is an expert. So I, Yeah. It's almost like um, if you don't have a lot of money, but you do have a lot of time, like mm-hmm. thrifting is perfect because you can find the same quality as if you went to a mall. It just takes more time. Yeah. So you, you may have to go 10 times to 10 different thrift stores, but on that 10th time, you're going to find like some jewels, you mm-hmm. know? So I, yeah, I love thrifting because it's unexpected and yeah you find stuff that you just could never
0: find anywhere else. Absolutely. And... I think the time piece is definitely essential because you and I both have had this where people say like, you're just really good at that. I'm just not good at thrifting. Right. And I think I was trying to think of different tips for people. And I think one would just be consistency. Cause I think yeah. the people that say that to me, it's like, they went once and right. didn't find anything. Right. And that happens to me a lot. Okay. I will go to the Goodwill and come back empty handed because yep. it was just not a good day. Right? right. Or I didn't have the vision or whatever it was. But then I'll go a different time and I've found too many things and I have to put some of them back, right? Yeah. And so I think one piece of that is just going back to the same stores and having patience with it. And yeah. you definitely, it, it can't always be a place where you're going with something very specific in mind. Yo, like, I need not. to find a black pencil skirt, right? right. <laughs> that might be a little too specific, but if you're like, I want a new shirt, right? Yeah. That's a little bit easier yeah. to achieve. Totally agree. Do you have any other tips that you would want to share?
1: Um, let's see. I mean, I, my tip would be ignore sizes, especially Mm -hmm. in thrift stores. Like you cannot trust sizes and you shouldn't like, there are so many examples of where I've gotten something awesome and oversized, but it's actually just like, you know, a size, you know, three X, but I just ignored it and wore it Mm -hmm. like as a caftan or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think if, Yeah, if you just, and there's so many brands in a thrift store that like, even if you were looking at only your size, it's your size in 10 different brands. Yeah. So they're all going to fit differently. So just, I mean, when I, I try stuff on and I try like 400 things on and then I find two that are awesome, but I would never have found them if I, you know, I have jeans right now in my closet that are um, the wrong size. They're just the wrong size, but they fit perfectly. And Mm -hmm. I just tried them on because I, you know, looked at them and I thought, I think these look. Kind of my size ish. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I do the same thing, and it depends on the day if I'm gonna try stuff on or not. Depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's try these oh, on. Sometimes and I'm like, no way. Yeah, no this way. Terrible. Yeah, exactly, and especially too, you have to get over the gross factor. Oh, of it, it is it. so. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, not only the clothes, but the the fitting room the fitting you're like room. don't let anything touch <laughs> don't the
2: floor set your bag down don't <laughs> set your
0: bag down and there's nothing to hang
1: anything on so you're yeah. just like using the door to put your stuff over yes. yeah
0: yeah you just have to get over that yep, don't wear nice do. clothes nope you just <laughs> maybe leave it. your purse in the car just yeah. bring your wallet in your pocket
2: exactly.
0: yeah i but i think once you get over that it's great i try to If something is with the sleeves because I have long arms, I'll try it on. Like if I need to know if it's going to fit my arms. Mm -hmm. But even some days, I'm like, I just don't care. I'm going to buy it and hope it fits. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't. But I'm like, you know, it was $2. I can be uncomfortable for the two hours that I'm going to wear this. So (laughs) that will be my strategy sometimes. Maybe that fits more into the overbuying category. But sometimes that's my personal strategy. (laughs) Um, Another thing I was thinking is, I think we've talked about this before, is you have to... Picture. Th- this is like we should write a book. Thrifting tips one hundred one. You should. You have to picture the thing outside of the store. Yes, that is a good tip. You know, because really like we good said, tip. the store is gross. Like it is yeah. not. They're not usually not all thrift stores. Some thrift stores no, are some cute. Are really but nice, like the yeah. Goodwill, they're they're not trying to design anything pretty in there. So especially with the houseware section, if you see something that's like that, might be kind of cute on a shelf. Yeah. But I th- I think they'll just all blend together so it's hard to tell what's cute so just look at the things individually Mm -hmm. and then picture it on your own shelf and decide if it would be cute or not yeah yeah
1: and that takes imagination and a little bit of risk taking and that's good for you i think yeah i this might i bought you were with me i bought like this rattan basket swan from like the 90s and and it was like heinous but i was like no Mm. i
0: think it's cute
2: yeah,
1: and we took it to the local nursery and found mm-hmm. like this giant awesome plant to put in it, and now yeah. it's amazing.
0: Yeah, and didn't you say you were gonna paint it? Did you paint it ever?
1: I didn't paint it, but he does smell, so he does need <laughs> some paint. I said, he like sat in the corner for a while, and I kept walking by and being like, "What is yeah. that smell?" <laughs> he needs, like the He just mind. smells like old. He just smells like a thrift store. Like old, it's not yeah. smoke. It's not. Right. It's just old. He just smells old. He yeah. needs, like. My mom sits stuff in the sun. I don't know yeah. if that really works. Huh. Okay. I need to sit him in the sun. Okay,
0: yeah, maybe. Maybe he needs to dry like, out a little or
2: something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another good tip is do the smell test. Any that's thrift store true. probably smells bad because it's all old crap in there, right? But... When you do, try to smell things individually, if possible, the smoke <laughs> smell, you definitely want to avoid that. You're not going to be able to get no, that out. Yeah, and that's, that's bad just... for your health. Did you mm-hmm. know that? That you can get third-hand smoke from stuff.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: I learned this recently. So, avoid that. Right. Most of the other smells, you can you Most can of the fix. other smells.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Wow, we sound really gross right now. <laughs> yes, I do. Everybody stopped listening like two minutes yeah. back. You're like, and now they're <laughs> ranting about... <laughs> probably so if you're still with us though this is a great story have i told you my smoke dress story (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay i'll have to post a picture of this one i found this amazing dress at value village which is like the pacific northwest equivalent of the goodwill but Mm -hmm. better it was a value village dress and it was like straight out of the 80s probably early 80s i'm guessing it was like shimmery And I don't even know the type of fabric. It wasn't like beads, but it was like textured like beads. Uh If that makes sense. Floral, like pink and green. Velcroed with a giant bow in the back. Oh, it was the most beautiful dress ever. And I found it and I was like, yes! And I didn't do the smell test. Oh um, really disappointing. I got home and I was like, oh my gosh, this smells like a pack of cigarettes. And you can't tell in the thrift store because everything stinks. Right. And so I was really disappointed. So I literally would keep it in a garbage bag tied up in my closet so yes. it didn't contaminate anything else. Oh. And I wore it once. Uh-huh. I wore it for a Valentine's date and I was like, don't breathe when you're near me, okay? <laughs>
1: Look, but do not breathe.
0: Yeah, and I tried yeah. so hard. I washed it so many times, and, and I did it just not wouldn't... get the smell out. No. Oh, that's so, just so sad. But I also learned that day that I, whenever I went up to the checkout counter, the girl at the front was like, oh, where did you find this? And I was like, in the dresses section. And she had to show all her coworkers. And she was like, how did we miss this? And I thought to myself, that's how you get the good stuff is you work at the thrift store and you oh. see it before everybody else. It. So that was another thing I learned. You have to be quick yes. because a lot of times the good stuff gets taken by yes. the employees. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there's so many tips for you. <laughs> Watch out for cigarette smoke and uh, beware of the employees that are trying to get the good stuff. Also, <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add to that? No, now I'm ready to go thrifting. It all? So yeah, I th- I'm ready to After too. this. That's that's probably another good one is bring a friend. Go together. That is true, yeah. Getting a Cause second Because it can opinion. get a little bit like, it can get, like you really have to dig sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm not in the mood. But if you're with a friend, mm-hmm. then that's fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you have to be in the mood and you can't be too specific
2: with mm-hmm.
0: it. So, all right. What is, if you could pick one main message, I'm assuming it's not about thrifting. Uh, what would you want that to be for listeners to walk away with?
1: I would say that your confidence is your power and your key to getting not just getting your important jobs done, but enjoying getting them done. And I think confidence is something that can be built. It's not something that just happens. Yeah. And so when I spend time doing my hair once a week,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> putting my makeup on, you know, putting on a cute outfit going to the mall just to um, freshen up my wardrobe, like all of that is to build my confidence. And it is not just so that I look pretty, it is so Mm -hmm. that I feel pretty, you know, so that I can get my important jobs done. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are all naturally... Beautiful, Like our inner beauty, like that's, you know, we learn that as kids and then we forget Mm -hmm. it when we grow up. But I think that is true. Um, But I think we as women are fickle. So we forget that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. And so I think fashion is a way of tricking ourselves almost. Like if Mm. you put your makeup on enough days in a row and if you look in the mirror enough days in a row and see like a beautiful woman looking back then you know the day that you don't have time to put makeup on you're still gonna remember that you're beautiful Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so connecting like your inner beauty with your outer beauty or like using your outer beauty to remind yourself of your inner beauty and Mm. all of that like leading up to building your confidence so that you can serve your friends and your family and and your the people that you work with and for so that you can serve them all and and enjoy it
0: yeah all right, uh, now on to the fun questions. Ooh. So what is some good advice you've gotten recently? Okay,
1: um, I was scrolling through Instagram like we all do and one of my friends had just done a hand-painted sign that said, just do today. Mm. And I almost like started crying because it was just so perfect in that moment. Aww. But um, I have so many things coming at me with my business, all of which feel almost 100, 100- I feel almost 100% inequipped to handle so not worrying and just moving forward with one day's issues at a time has been tremendously helpful so I yes in fact I just looked up I looked her up last night to go look at that Instagram post again and just kind of like pet it like just do today I need to remember that just do today like don't worry about tomorrow tomorrow is going to have its issues but you don't have to solve them today and you don't even have to guess what they are you just like let them sit and just do what's in front of you I feel like that's so good for me to remember because yeah. I get overwhelmed and then I stop being productive.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, do you have someone that you look up to as a role model?
1: You know, I um, I really love Jessica Honegger, which we yes. were recently talking about, um, the CEO of Noonday. And I also really, really love um, The Nestor, it Mike Quillen Smith is her name, but I think her handle everywhere is The Nestor. And she, like, for a long time has just kind of been speaking my language. She's been a blogger and has written a couple of books. And she just, her tagline is, it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I, like, the perfectionist in me, which is great when I'm sewing and pattern making, like, just will kill me if I don't, like, get it under control. So I feel like a lot of times I don't make progress because I know my progress won't be perfect. Right. So hearing her talk about, it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. It's like, oh, yes, right. Mm-hmm. I can just try, and then I can, you know, work from there, like a starting yeah. point. And
0: so is her book the most impactful one that you've read? Or did you have another one? Picked well, up
1: I do – hers probably is one of the most impactful. But I, I have – I did have a different one here because I recently read Gary Vaynerchuk's Crushing It. Are you okay. familiar with this? No, I'm not. It's basic – like practical business advice, uh-huh. but it centers around the concept of just work really hard for a really long time. Okay, And I feel like not enough people are saying that that is the key. You know, like as someone who's trying to build a business and yeah. watching all these other people, you know, seemingly explode and go on to stardom and stuff like that's not actually how it happens most of the time yeah most of the time it's like a slow build and it's um, just showing up every day sure even if you can't see like that it's working or that you're making progress and so his book is just it's like I listen to his podcast too and it's like he just reminds me constantly that it's a long game and that if I work as hard as possible you know it still make may take years to make progress but like that's okay Mm -hmm. and that is that is a good way to do it because you're yeah. building a quality product. Right. And that, like, is so reassuring to hear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: And even for those people who it seems like it's exploding, usually that's not the case. I mean, maybe it's like, oh, finally, they're exploding, but that doesn't mean they didn't put right. in 10 years yeah, before exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. You're work. seeing the explosion. Like, you're coming yeah. out of that part of the story, and you missed
1: yeah. the the. 12 year grind yeah you know and all exactly. the midnight tears of like oh it's
0: not working yeah yeah totally yeah okay let's talk about the Nestor's book too though because yes. people people need to know about that <laughs> they don't already because you let me borrow it and it it changed my life I would yes say. i'm looking at your fireplace right now
2: <laughs> i
1: totally copied that, her idea Yeah, well i copied her idea too in my bedroom yeah my walls are she has really like good here. ideas she's yeah. like
0: a good that would be a good book to read before going thrifting, that's okay. Yeah. I, I'm sorry to keep going back to thrifting, but another thrifting tip: I like to look up inspiration before I go. Ooh. Like I'll like if it's for clothing, uh-huh. I'll just scroll through my Pinterest board and see what kind of clothes mm-hmm. I'm liking right now. And yep. then I can it gives me an idea to look for something similar. Like yep. oh I'm really liking this floral blouse, so maybe I look for an I old need some lady blouse. Flowers in my And life. then I cut yeah. the sleeves off. Or something like yeah. that, right? And so I like to do that where I'm getting inspiration before I go because I think if you just go, like on a bad day, you're just gonna be like, Ah, eh, this stuff yeah. is all ugly. Everything's right? gonna look ugly. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So so the Nestor, her book, I feel the same way about it. Like, it's a really good inspiration. Yeah. And she has good ideas that you can copy, too. It is. It's And she really wrote it for people who
1: are not in their forever home. So right. I read it when I was in um, the smallest of all the apartments that I lived in in Manhattan. And she was just saying, like, it is important to make your house a home even if it is not where you want to be. Yeah, even
0: if you don't own it or yeah. whatever, and right? And she was just
1: talking about how to do that. Like yeah. Yeah, and how to why to spend time on it and that it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. So. Yep.
0: Yeah. 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 And what's the book called? Is it just The Nester? Um The Nesting Place. The Nesting Place. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, lots of good creative ideas and low budget ideas too. For Yes, exactly. Making things cool. So, I love it. All right. How about something you've listened to recently that you think everybody needs to hear? Like Ted Talk or podcast or movie, anything like that.
1: Okay, so my favorite podcast right now is Going Scared, by <gasps> Jessica, Jessica Haniger. Yeah. yeah, and so it's all about starting something or following your dreams, and how being scared is okay and it's part of the process, and it's so good for you. And yeah. she she had a um, she was on a podcast with Jen Hatmaker. Mm -hmm. And that's when I first heard her talk about this. And Mm -hmm. she said, there's something that happens when you have to walk through your fears in starting a business. And I was just like, oh, because I'm scared every single day. You know, I have no idea what I'm doing. I think I'm going to, like, fall off the edge of a cliff, like, and then it's, like, my whole business is going to just never, never, never happen. Yeah. Um, And so... The reality of being scared all the time. Like, it's just lonely, too. So to listen to this podcast and be like, yeah,
0: you're scared, too? Yeah. Like, can we just hang out for an hour and (laughs) talk about how it's so scary? Yeah. (laughs) And yet she's still doing it.
1: She's still doing it. And she, I mean, yes, now she's at the point where it's like she's still scared, but she has enough experience to know that the bottom's not going to fall you know, fall out from under her and stuff like that. So it's it's like now she can speak to other women and be like, "Keep yeah. going. It's good. It's gonna be okay." And so I just yeah. like, I mean, like anything she says, I'm like, "Okay, say it again. Say it again." Yeah, it's just I'll like rewind parts of the podcast and just like re-listen to it. I'll do yeah. it while I'm sewing or working in my studio. And yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, she's great. And did you know she's writing a book? I did. Know yeah. That. Is it called Going Scared? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. We though. shouldn't speak on matters. we don't know. <laughs> I I <laughs> well,
1: think ask her, are you doing a podcast with her next? Just, uh, yeah. Maybe just like, you know, loop her in.
0: Yeah, she's yeah. my next guest actually. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'll just ask her that. I
1: mean I harass her on instant yeah, on direct But you messages said she responds, right? Yes. She responds to her direct messages. Okay. So you know I'm all like,
0: Oh my gosh, girl! <laughs> your podcast was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so basically your best friend. So why don't you ask her uh, about yeah, the book? I'll okay. Ask her. What's the book name? Yes. Yeah. am I, I gonna it, be in it? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure she started the podcast based off of the book idea. Oh, That's the vibe I got. That
1: excites me. A yeah, whole lot.
0: so I think the book is gonna be okay. if it's not called Going Scared, it's the concept of oh, Going Scared. That excites so me. Okay. there we go. That will make it on your book list next Absolutely. time. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. How about a goal for you have that, uh, that a goal that you have for yourself lately?
1: Yes, so my biggest goal recently is to start selling my handmade clothing again, which I did in New York when I moved here. I just moved to tees and Caps because I was kind of at capacity with life, so Mm -hmm. it's taken me two years now um, to get to the point where I'm ready to do this. So I am right at the production stage of my first orders because I had a show this past weekend where I, I took, you know, the first orders for my skirts, and so now I'm making the skirts that were ordered and my goal I guess is just to finish this thought like to make the best skirts Mm -hmm. that I know how to make it's been something that I've been working on since December so that's you know four months now and I feel like the designs that I've come up with are very like classic and timeless and Mm -hmm. have been in my brain for like 10 years Mm -hmm. parts of them and they just now come to like fruition they've cut they're a full idea and they're out of my brain and they're in my hands, they're physical skirts. And so my goal is just to, you know, to make them like to, to see this through, like to sell them and to um, watch women start wearing them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I remember when you first moved here and I learned about what you did every time I saw you'd be like, did you make that? Yeah. And did I you was make... like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but now you can say yes. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, for a long time I didn't wear my stuff because that's. That's where I was, like, my self-confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, it was December that I, I was selling scarves for the first time in a long time at a local show. And the first day of the show went so well that the second day of the show, I come down the stairs before I left, and I was wearing one of my dresses. And my husband commented, oh, you got your self-confidence back. Or no, he said, uh, like, oh, you think you're a good designer now. Uh, and he was just commenting no. on the fact that, like, I just I yeah. didn't. I didn't think that I was any good because it had been so long and I hadn't figured out a way to sell my designs. And so I just had locked it up in the closet and forgot about it. So,
2: yeah. So it is, yeah, Mm -hmm. it is
1: telling that I'm making my designs, that I'm wearing my designs. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Is there a brand or product obviously besides your own that you're really loving lately? So I was thinking about this.
1: I'm obsessed with figuring out skincare right now. So I've been having, like, some hormone weirdness, which has resulted in lots more breakouts than I've ever had. Oh, yeah. So, I'm beginning the process, I'm also beginning the process known as aging, so my skin Uh, is just different than it's ever been. Which,
0: like, should equate to not having to deal with acne. Like, that's so
1: unfair. Yeah, it's
0: so unfair.
1: Because, like, I just talked to um, the esthetician that I'm seeing and my um, gynecologist, and they both said, yeah, it's your age that your hormones are kicking in and like making you break out and i'm like that does not make sense <laughs> that doesn't make sense yes this is teenage
2: stuff ah, <laughs> yes
1: um so i have been seeing an esthetician okay and i don't even know what that is like um well i don't know she like <laughs> she i've heard of it like i've been getting facials and stuff
2: oh okay an esthetician okay.
1: like yes so she's been teaching me okay about like taking care of my skin basically mm. And so I've been using products from the Glow skincare line, Mm. which is just at her recommendation, but it's like a really um, wide range of products. So she will look at my skin, figure out what it's doing, and have me do different moisturizers with different cleansers to kind of like counteract what's happening with my hormones. And she is super – she's amazing, but she will like respond to – uh, like Facebook messages and stuff, and loves to do that. And she'll be like, well, send me a picture of your face today. Oh, my gosh. Which they have, like, the worst pictures in the world. So, yeah. like, without makeup and, like, you know, 40 zits across my chin. And she's like, okay, do this and then do this and then come in here and we'll do this for you and do this for you. So Wow. Yeah, so it's just yeah, – I love my nighttime skin routine now. Like, I never used to wash my face uh-huh. at night, and now – I actually I'm a grown up and I do that now. <laughs> but I I kind of love it because I feel like I'm taking care of my skin. Yeah. And I f- I love the feeling of taking care of myself. Yeah. Like I'm respecting like the precious amazing little vessel that I occupy. Yeah. And I want to take care of it, you know, so uh-huh. it lasts as long as possible. So it's right. just like another part of self-care, which is, yeah. you know, what fashion is too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Glow.
1: Yeah, Glow skincare and they okay. have um This really cool SPF that is a brush and then the powder it's powdered SPF and so you just put it on like you keep it in Mm. your bag and you just put it on like this okay so if you you know don't want to get goop on your face or if you already have makeup on and you just want to put the SPF over your makeup or you want to reapply or it's really good for kids so you're at the park you didn't think you were gonna be and you just grab it out of your bag and I can put it on my daughter or whatever but I I like creative products like that I think oh yeah. yeah where do you get it I get it at a local salon, so I think that you... Okay. I don't know. Maybe online. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Okay. All right. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. All right. So you just, with your business, you just started skirts, I right? did, the yes. handmade skirts. Are there anything else that you have in mind or that you wanted to get started for summer or anything?
1: Yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to expand on this concept. So I, I want these skirts that I just designed to kind of live forever on my website. So I want to design things that are timeless and that mm-hmm. are such, you know, high quality that they will last for years. And yeah. so I wanna make sure that they're styles that, you know, stylistically will last for yeah. years. Um so these are the first two that I've done and then I will see how they're they're offered in different lengths as well. So I think it, it amounts to like five or six different skirts, but they're two main um so after that, like I'm gonna see how fulfilling these orders goes and mm-hmm. what that looks like and then I kinda never know the next step till I've finished the right you know, the step that I'm doing. But yeah. Um I'm really excited by the the response so far. Cool. Um I'm still in the stage where I'm perfecting my pattern. So right now I'm doing all the skirts to measure to everyone's measurements and then after I do that enough times I should know enough about how the skirts are fitting to be able to make sizes of them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So so then, because when I moved to selling more online, it, it would be harder to do it made to measure. Right. Like it's going to take more time to do it that way.
0: Yeah, for
1: sure. So I'm, you know, it's still very much in the experimental phase, okay. but. I don't
0: know. It's yeah. exciting though.
1: It is so exciting. Yay. It's so exciting.
0: And with summer, I feel like there's just opportunity, like yeah. so many fun opportunities for yes. Building stuff. Yes. I
1: love. Um, I mean, I love wearing my own stuff and I, for the most part, model my own stuff, especially on Instagram. So I'm excited yeah. to, I haven't been wearing my skirts yet, first of all, because it's cold here still, but second of all, because I haven't been fully finished. And so mm-hmm. now that they are, like, I'm super excited to to teach people how to wear them because I think yeah. that's part of it. Like, they're a little bit different than a normal skirt. So, like, one's actually shorts, but it looks like like a gathered skirt and it's got, like, a really high waist that's, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but... Um, So I want to show myself wearing them so I can teach people, Mm -hmm. like, put this with this and wear it like this, you know? So it's a very easy equation. Like, you buy this skirt and you know you can wear it these, you know, 25 ways because here's a picture of Emily wearing it 25 different ways. Yeah. So I want to, like, kind of beef up the product. Like, you're not just getting a skirt, you're getting a way to dress. You're getting, like, a closet extender. Like, buy this piece and it goes with everything that you already have. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That's great. I love it. All right. How can people find you if they want to see your products or just see you and get all the fashion tips?
1: Yeah. I'm at Mm mrsemily.com and then my handle is mrsemily on both Facebook and Instagram. Just M-R-S-E-M-I-L-Y.
0: Yay. I love it. And we'll share links too, but thank you so much for coming on and just sharing everything you shared. And I think this was super fun just to hear your practical tips, but then also just the ways that we can use fashion better because i think that's an important conversation to have
2: yeah so thank you thanks for
0: having me yeah so fun i really hope that you guys were laughing as much as emily and i were during that conversation we had such a blast chatting and emily is just one of those people that you cannot help but smile and laugh around I think that's very contagious even in her clothing, which I hope you've gotten and checked out by now. Her tees are so cute. I counted the other day and I definitely own four of them and two hats and I'm sure there will be more to come. I know she talks about buying less, but it is really hard once you see her cute tees. There are so many messages that I am ready to plaster across my chest that she comes up with. I loved hearing about Emily's journey in this conversation within the fashion industry and with starting her own business and how some of her deepest struggles and deepest hurts inspired some of her cutest things. I think it's so sweet how much emotion and how much of her story goes into every piece that she makes. That's definitely a brand that I want to buy from over some of the other options that are out there. We talk about small business and buying local a lot, but we don't always see the faces that are behind that. And so getting to hear Emily's heart behind running her business and what she was searching for when she started it was so endearing. I also think it was really eye-opening what Emily shared about buying less clothing. Again, this is maybe contrary to what you would think a fashion designer and business owner would say, but the fact that she's so conscious of what we're consuming is truly inspiring. One of the hashtags that she's been using lately on her Instagram is pay more and buy less. I think this is a great motto to live by. Instead of buying cheap goods and buying a ton of them and knowing that they were not ethically sourced, we could probably spend a similar amount just investing in a few key pieces that we really love and that we're going to be able to wear for a long time to come. And that way we know that it's coming from a good source and that we're supporting something with our money that we really believe in. Even if you don't really care about where your goods are coming from, I still stand firm in the belief that the more you have, the more you have to worry about. So instead, just buy less, and then you have to do less laundry, less putting away clothes, less hauling your clothes from place to place when you move like I just did. And trust me, it's gonna make your life a whole lot easier. I hope you enjoyed all the tips that we shared with fashion in general, but especially with thrifting, and I'm anxious to hear some feedback on if anybody tries them out. I am still thinking about writing that book, Thrifting Tips 101. I do think it would be a bestseller, but I'd love some feedback on that. If you're like me, you'd probably never thought about why fashion is so important to our confidence and to our lives before, but I think what Emily shared is so true. That a lot of our confidence comes from how we look and how we feel about ourselves. And having more of that confidence is going to give us power. I think that's a great mindset to have in shopping and searching for clothing. And it's definitely one that's going to change the way that I search for clothes. Emily recently sent me one of her new tees that says trust. You can see pictures of it on her Instagram or on our website but it's so sweet. It came with such an important message about trusting the process and what that's meant to her lately. And it just spoke right to my heart. I can't wait to wear that loud and proud and let it be a part of my story. Make sure you check out the pictures of both Emily and I in that tee on my Instagram and just go ahead and add that one to your shopping cart. I'm also going to be posting some pictures of Emily in the rattan swan basket that she talked about in the show, as well as my thrift store smoker's dress. Those will be coming eventually, so keep an eye out for them. So after it's all said and done, I have two big requests for you. One is to make sure that you check out Emily's website and her social media because I swear you are going to love it. It's going to inspire you. Whether you're into fashion or into home decorating or just into fun sayings and words of encouragement, you're going to love her feed. So please, please, please go check that out. Give her a follow. Give her some love and let her know what you thought of today's episode. My next request is that you would also think about giving me some feedback through a rating or a review. They help other people to find the show, and I would just love to hear what you think. You can do that on whatever app you're listening to, and it's super easy. It'll only take you a second, I promise. If you want to look more into anything that Emily and I talked about today, including any links that we referenced, those are available in the show notes on the app you're listening to or on my website heartfelthippie.com. I would love it if you would check me out there or go ahead and stalk me on Instagram at the heartfelt hippie and make sure you keep an eye out for my next episode releasing in two weeks. My upcoming episode is going to be with Emily Blackwell, yet another Emily, they're pretty awesome, from the Mocha Club. In that conversation, Emily and I are talking all things Africa. If you have any interest in what's going on around the world in other countries that don't have the same advantages that we do, you're really going to enjoy this conversation. A lot of us refer to Africa when we think about poverty, but we don't really understand what's going on there, and Emily does a great job of educating us. I can't wait to share that episode with you. And I can't wait to hear what you thought of this one. Fashion is something that's in our everyday lives and that really we need to put more thought and conscious living into. So I hope you feel enlightened. I hope you feel ready to change the world. And above all else, I hope you feel encouraged. Peace out.